welcome to Nightcap with Jim. I am the titular Jim, and tonight we'll be discussing the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film franchise, Avengers Infinity War. For more content you may enjoy, please check out our morning Mangami podcast and our other social media at Mangami Players on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's get into it. Alright, so, to get into it, uh, before I begin, I just want to start off by saying um, I'm going to break this down into uh, two, maybe three parts. Uh, the final part being uh, uh, discussing specifically events that happen in the movie, which will include spoilers. Now, the first segment or two uh, will not, uh, This so this segment, and uh, if there's a second uh and a third, uh, the first two, or the, just the first one, depending on, you know, uh, will not include spoilers. So, uh, if you have not seen the movie yet, which, um, I mean, just given how much money it's made, uh, I, I can't imagine there's that many people out there that haven't seen it yet, uh, that want to see it. Um, so this may be, uh, you know, kind of a moot point. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to warn you that later on in the episode, I will be throwing out some spoilers. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Anyway, uh, let me just kick this off by uh, <laughs> uh, just by saying, um, holy shit, uh, this movie was freaking amazing. I mean, so good. Um <laughs> Uh, oh man, it's just one of the, it's just one of the fucking best things I've ever seen. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it leaves me speechless almost when I think about it. Um, and it, uh, and at the start, uh, you know, I'm having a little trouble here, uh, uh, putting words together to, uh, describe my reactions to to this just absolutely epic film um i mean i don't like even where to start you know but uh i guess i'll start with the kind of the structure of the movie um and so the structure of this is kind of similar to um harry potter and the deathly hallows uh whereas uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, well, any, well, really any, you know, I mean, like, well, I wouldn't necessarily say like kind of the first couple of Harry Potter movies, just because there's a, that kind of introductory sort of, uh, kind of, you know, half an hour or whatever, where you're, you know, being introduced to the world. Um, so when you get, by the time you get to Deathly Hallows, like just like those two movies are just all about the Deathly Hallows. Like as soon as they start, as soon as the part one starts, you know, it's just bam, we're all, it's all about Deathly Hallows, um, and Infinity War is, is this, is very similar, uh, the entire movie is the Infinity War, uh, this movie is made, I mean, the thing that's nice about it is that they have had, you know, all these movies preceding it, leading up to it, so this movie kind of assumes that you're caught up, and that you know everything, uh, or at least, you know, know enough stuff to, uh, to come along for the ride, because there's no, you know, um, there aren't any, uh, uh, things that, um, you know, uh, like, introduce you to the world of the Avengers, or, you know, whatever like that, it's just, the movie starts, and the Infinity War has begun, um, or at least the final, the big battle of the Infinity War has begun. Because technically, I would I would say that the Infinity War started with uh, the Battle of New York in the first Avengers film, um, and uh, you know some subsequent events, you know battles and such um, over the proceed over the uh, films that followed. Um, so, like I would consider like the Battle of New York to be the first. Um, uh, the like the opening salvo of the Infinity War, and this is kind of the big climactic battle uh, of of the Infinity War. Um, that's just me, because um, I think about movies a lot, so I you know sometimes come up with stuff like this. But um, 
but yeah, so like the events of the film take place roughly over the course of about 24 hours, give or take, you know, a day, day and a half ish, you know, round about there. Um, so, uh, there's really <laughs> bug flu in my, eye. uh, there's really no, um, uh, there's no fat on, on, on the meat. You know what I mean? Like it's just straight up boom, all about infinity, the infinity war. The opening scene, you know, is, is really why I say this. It, um, and I'm not going to talk about it too much. Cause like I said, I'm not going to get into spoilers. Um, in this segment, uh, <clears throat> but um, uh, the opening scene really just sets the tone for this movie, and uh, it's it's brutal and it's unforgiving. Um, and this movie just doesn't it doesn't pull punches. It it is what it is, and it goes all out, and it does not um, it does not uh, let up. It doesn't give you a break. It uh, it's ruthless and relentless. Um, and so intense from the very first scene, uh, from the very, you know, from the opening shot to, to the very end, you know, I mean, like the only moment of peace that we really have is just the very last, like 30, it's like a 30 second scene. Um, and that's, and that's pretty much the only time that, you know, you're allowed to like, <sighs> take a, an actual breath. Um, cause it's just so go, 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 go. Even exposition scenes that they have, they're not uh, your typical exposition scenes where it's the filmmakers trying to make sure that us, the audience, understand what's happening. This movie assumes that you know everything already, that you have all the relevant information. So, um, so these exposition scenes really are not directed towards us, the audience. I mean, unless, of course, you haven't seen all the Marvel movies, or at least not seen enough to know exactly what's going on. Um, these kind of scenes are there for, for those kind of people, but, um, but they're really, they're just more for characters to explain to other characters what's going on. And that makes these exposition scenes just fly right by and also be enjoyable and entertaining, because usually you get to an exposition scene where a character has to explain what's happening within the story and it's basically just like them you know breaking the fourth wall looking at camera and being like hey audience this is what's going on wink um that's kind of what it is but these exposition scenes are not that these are just for characters to explain to other characters what's going on like you know for instance you know someone explained to tony um exactly you know, what, like, the whole big picture is, or, or, you know, talking to this character or that character, or whatever, you know, um, it's, it's all about exp the char one character explaining to another or a group of characters, um, you know, the reality of the situation that they're in, and it's not really for the audience, which is just so fantastic, because usually you have an exposition scene, and it can, it can bring the film grinding to a halt, just, just hitting the emergency brake, pulling a parachute cord, you know, and just stopping in your tracks. And it's kind of a bummer. I mean, even exposition scenes that are done very well still are like that. I mean, even with Lord of the Rings, you have the Council of Elrond, and that is that is also um, similar uh, when I say that, you know, it's an exposition scene for characters to explain to other characters what's happening. But at the same time... Um, it like you know if you're unless you're you know 100 percent uh you know you you've read the books or whatever like you know all of the story of Lord of the Rings um you know you know the Tolkien verse um the Council of Elrond scene is definitely for you for 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 you know the movie to be like so this is what the Ring is about and this is what Sar Saruman's uh, or Sauron is all about and this and that and da 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 um, and, you know, it's for you. Uh, so it, it does really slow the movie down. It's necessary, but it does. Um, the thing that saves it is the fact that it's so well acted and so well shot um, that, you know, it does, it, you know, for me anyway, it, it does move, keep going on a pretty good clip, but still it, it's, it's like, you know, there are 
couple of moments where it's like, get back to the story. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, but in Infinity War, it's not like that at all. These these scenes are are just about informing characters about what's happening, um, which is unique because uh, I don't know a lot of exposition scenes that are like that, um, where it's really has nothing to do with you know catching up the audience. It's just all about like this character doesn't know what's going on, so this character is going to explain it to them. But we already know. Uh, like I said, because we have so many movies in in the MCU, there's so much information there um, that we've gathered over the ten years that these films have been um, being made. Uh, we've got all the information that these characters have and more. So if you've seen all the movies, you know, especially uh, you know if you watch the sh- TV shows as well. Maybe not necessarily the Netflix shows, but at least Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, you know, you just have way more information than the characters do. And so, you know, you could, you know, so you could potentially be sitting there going, well, I know this stuff. (laughs) Why are you, why are you explaining this stuff to me? Because you're thinking it's, oh, it's an exposition scene. But the, if you just step back for a second and, and realize, and, you know, just think about it and be like, oh, wait, no. This guy doesn't know what's going on. This person doesn't know what's going on. So, homeboy right here is going to explain what's going on to these two. Um, <laughs> and that just makes it so fun um, and cool, uh, you know, because I didn't even think about this until I got out of the theater and, uh, you know, was because uh, I took a little 20 minute drive. Um, I didn't even start thinking about it, like the exposition scenes in this way until I was like at minute 15 of my drive. Um, partially because I was freaking the fuck out about how amazing this movie was. Let me put it, let me describe it to you this way. How, uh, how I reacted when I walked out of the theater. So, I walk out of the theater and it's all normal. You know, I'm just walking to my car. I get in my car. I, uh, close the door. And I start screaming. Just... Wah! Oh my god! That was so amazing! Oh my god! <laughs> I was just freaking out, guys. Straight up, just totally losing my my, my mind. I, I was just going batshit, banana, pants, crazy town. Because um, I was just so blown away by it. I mean, like I said, from the very first shot um this movie had its hooks into me i mean and it it like you know whew, it joe and anthony russo the directors of this film and also they did captain america civil war and captain america winter soldier and you might also know them from some of their work on like arrested De- on tv shows like arrested development uh, or community which community I loved so much um, and was like so happy when I saw Danny Pudi uh, have a cameo appearance in The Winter Soldier. Uh, uh, if you don't know who he is or, or if you know who, uh, uh, if you know the show Community, he plays the character of Abed. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> these two guys are so awesome. They're just fantastic directors. I think with a, with a movie of this size and of scale, uh, just how epic it is, how bi- and also just how big it is, how much of a uh, a trial, uh, you know, just how just like all the stuff they had to do. Like for instance, they shot this and Avengers four back to back. So and I believe that production and that's just when the cameras are rolling. Uh, I believe the production schedule w- was about twelve, thirteen, fourteen months long, uh, give or take. So if you you know break that down, that's about six months of movie. Um, just filming. All right. Now that means that that if you know to, you, if you can quantify that in your mind, you can understand how big these movies are. You know, just the size and the scale, and it's incredible. You know, um, and having two directors, um, you know, really takes some of the pressure off because that's why Joss Whedon didn't want to come back and do Infinity War. Um, cause he's the guy who directed, 
uh, Avengers and Age of Ultron um, is just because there's just so many characters in this movie and there's so much stuff going on. The nice thing about it, though, is that, you know, you're, you're never like, what's going on? I mean, as long as you're watching the movie and paying attention. Like, I can't stand people. Like, that's why I wait so long to go see movies in the theaters because I, I want, you know, as few people as possible. Um, so, you know, so the chances of my ex- movie-going experience being... Um, uh, ruined uh, are way lower. Um, sometimes, obviously, I like I, I've said this in a previous podcast, but you know, sometimes the movie is just so damn good that it doesn't matter if somebody's on their phone or if someone's jibber jabbering in someone's ear. And this movie is definitely that good. I mean, it is exquisite. It is an <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I'm talking a lot. <laughs> Throat's drying up. Uh, but yeah, and when I say exquisite, like I've described maybe three or four, maybe five movies as exquisite. Um, because like it's that means it's just like the height of perfection. Like there's no way that the movie could be any better than it was. Um, and uh, it just, you know, it just blew my mind. Uh, because Anthony and Joe Russo, they just did such a great job. And one of the things that one of the things that uh, you know uh, I praise so highly about them um, for how they made this movie is that they made this movie completely differently than they did the two Captain America films that they did. The Captain America movies are Captain America movies. This is the Avengers. So everything from the shooting style to the writing to the editing, everything they they did in the style of the previous Avengers film. This is an Avengers movie. This isn't an Avengers film directed by the guys who directed Captain America. So it's you you know it's Captain America e you know it's an it's straight up just an Avengers film. Like they they took Joss Whedon's style and they you know they obviously put their own stamp on it. But, you know, they, they they did stuff way differently than they did Captain America. And you can tell that, um, you know, uh, if you, you know, if you're an eagle-eyed viewer, you can totally tell uh, what I'm talking about. So, um, you know, hats off to those guys for, for the way they did it. I mean, also, uh, it was nice because Jon Favreau and James Gunn were producers on this film. So that obviously would uh, would help as well, you know, just in terms of, you know, like getting the vibe right um with 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 the film um because james gunn is the director of the guardians of the galaxy franchise and um and john favreau did uh, iron man one and iron man two uh interesting side note about james gunn he is one of only three directors to actually film a complete superhero trilogy uh every other franchise every other you know uh um, series in MCU or X-Men or Fantastic or whatever has always been different directors or at least, you know, n- not enough movies to get to three. Uh, and the only other two besides James Gunn who have done this are Sam Raimi with the original Spider-Man trilogy starring Tobey Maguire um, and Christopher Nolan, obviously, with the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, so that's that's fun. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, I mean, just incredible job these guys did because they they just went out and they just they made an Avengers movie, and uh, you know especially when you're coming off the heels of two of the most successful films of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Winter Soldier and Civil War, um, and also just the, by nature of the fact that they totally changed because if you just watch as a trilogy Captain America, it's very like wildly different from first avenger to to winter soldier um and part of that is just the logic of well hey captain america fought like this in 1940 whatever in the 1940s now it's the modern age he's probably going to change up how he fights um and so there's like the, the, the great opening scene from from winter soldier and there's this moment where he uh he kicks, um, you know, one of the bad guys, and he just goes flying, and he hits 
and he tumbles over the side and from that moment you're just like whoa this is this is captain america uh just straight up kicking ass and taking names like not taking no shit from nobody um (laughs) Uh, which is, which is, which is perfect when you think about it, you know, I mean, he wakes up and the first thing he's got to do is, is deal with all the stuff that happens in Avengers. So, you know, the Tesseract is back. So he's, he's right back in dealing with the Tesseract and then, you know, and then he's got four coming down from the sky and, you know, Loki just messing everything up, you know, a couple of, you know, some shield guys that are, that have been, you know, uh, uh, taken over by Loki, or, you know, brain, uh, you know, the spell or whatever, uh, by Loki, so they're being controlled by him, and, you know, he's just like, what the F is going on here, you know, and then all of a sudden, aliens, boo, shoot out of the sky, so, you know, he's, he's, he's totally having to reinvent himself as, as a soldier, as a warrior, to deal with these new threats that are just so beyond anything that he's dealt with. And then by the time you get to, you know, Winter Soldier and then, you know, Civil War and then, you know, Infinity War, he's he he's prepared to deal with these threats now. Um, in a way that, you know, he wouldn't have been had he he uh not, you know, been frozen in ice and then, you know, jumped forward seventy years and having to deal with the changes in in how in warfare, um, which is something I plan to examine once I you know do like a huge uh, special MCU you know and rip uh, you know series and rip apart every single movie. Um, but that's going to be way 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 down the line. Probably I'm probably not going to do that for a while. Um, probably I might not even you know it might not even happen until next year or something like that when when Avengers four comes out and I can do I'll do like a retrospective or something I don't even know I'm thinking way way down the line right now but anyway um, it's just fantastic this movie you know the performances are extraordinary you know everybody on down and I think one of the reasons for that is Robert Downey Jr. Um, just being who he is the he's kind of like a the leader of this group of actors and um from everything i've ever heard from from you know the other uh cast members from from directors and crew and whatnot he is he just makes it a real family affair um and is always there looking out for people and whatnot from what i understand and you know especially with a movie of this size and scale you know having somebody your lead actor especially just be there looking out for everybody and trying to make sure everybody's having a good day, having a good time, you know, um, that just totally changes the landscape and makes the movie more enjoyable to make and also it makes it, you know, a better movie because everybody's there dedicated, you know, having fun, um, but also just killing it and doing their work and, and doing it on such a high level, on you know, such a high caliber of of talent and 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 uh, and work ethic and everything like that, that it just elevates the this you know a movie to to a whole new area, a whole new place. Well, that's going to do it for kind of my initial reactions and thoughts about this film. Um, Uh, I think we're just going to go with two segments here. So this next segment coming up, I'm going to be discussing specific events in the film. If you haven't seen the film, again, do not listen to this next segment until you've seen the movie. Please, just do me a favor, all right? I don't want to get a call from Kevin Feige talking about, you know, how my little podcast that's just started on on episode five, you know, talking about, hey, is this James Smith? Yeah. It's Kevin Feige. Uh, okay. You spoiled the movie for someone, you son of a bitch. So please, don't listen to this next segment if you haven't seen the movie, because I know for a fact, alright, like, <laughs> it's gonna, like, I know it's gonna happen. You know, one of you, one of you's just not gonna listen to me, and then you're gonna listen to it, and the movie's gonna be spoiled for you, and then you're gonna go online, you're gonna be like, James, this nightcap with Jim show, it totally spoiled the movie for me. And it ruined it. 
and then I'm going to get a call from Marvel talking about we're suing you. You know, <laughs> so please just do me do me this favor and don't listen to the next segment until you've seen the movie. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the spoiler side of this podcast. See you in a few minutes. Okay, so again, to introduce this segment, I'm going to be talking about specific events in this film, Avengers Infinity War. If you have not seen the movie, stop listening right now. Pause it right now. Close the app, delete it, throw your phone into the ocean, whatever you got to do to not listen to this segment if you have not seen Avengers Infinity War. Stop right now. Stop it. Are you still listening? Have you seen the movie? No? Then stop it! Bad audience member. Bad audience member. No. No, 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 no. Stop. You stop. Right now. I said stop. Have you stopped yet? If you haven't stopped, stop right now. Stop. Okay. I just told you to stop listening if you haven't seen the movie for a full minute now. I'm off the hook. If you're still listening and you haven't seen the movie, it's your own damn fault. I told you to stop for literally a minute. Alright? So, my hands are clean. Anyway, <laughs> so this movie is really crazy. Alright? It's it's just it's bonkers. It's insane. Um, in the previous segment, I did mention about how the, the opening scene is just... It just from from the from the get go, this movie just grabs you. It it it, it grabs you by the shoulders and just shakes you about. Just like you are in for some shit. All right, like it's intense. Um, I mean, the opening scene. It just it starts off with Thanos just killing, just killing, just killing people. You know, like he's he's attacked Thor's ship. So from uh, at the close of Thor Ragnarok. Again, spoilers, if you haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, stop listening to the podcast. Show Thor Ragnarok what happens is Asgard gets destroyed, obviously, for, you know, and um, they have to, the surviving Asgardians, uh, they dip set um, on on a spaceship, you know, looking for, you know, their Ark, looking for a new home. Um, they never find it, obviously, um, as we now know with, with the beginning of, of this film, because Thanos just wipes half of them out, half of them out, because that's what he wants to do. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, it's trippy, because, um, because I do have some predictions about what Avengers 4 is gonna, is gonna be about. Um... Uh, and I, I think there's really only two ways that they can they can go at it after this how this movie ended. Um, I think I'll get there a little bit later on um, instead of talking about it right now. Um, keep the structure, you know. Uh, but um, but yeah, the the opening of this this movie is just it's so intense. It really just drops you in, and you realize that um, this might you know like. You, you here's the thing, because usually you know you watch a film like this. It, well, not a film like this, I should say, but uh, you know, a superhero movie, and you're like, you know, it's you know, it night. Uh, it's always darkest before the dawn, right? Um, you know, like it's it's gonna get really bad, but um, but you know, these guys are the are it's our heroes. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna they're gonna take the day, you know, they're going to take the field and win the day, um, but this, with this, with this opening, um, it's the first time I've ever seen a movie, and just, like, I, I mean, I can't think of any other movie I've ever seen where, where the opening scene, um, just made me sit back in my chair and just be like, oh, this might not end very well, um, you know what I mean, it, it, because, I mean, <laughs> Thanos beats up the Hulk, which that's distressing. Um, 
kills Loki. So, <laughs> and I mean, this is like the third time that Loki's died or whatever, but this time it looks like it's permanent. Uh, like uh, death finally caught on. Um, <laughs> excuse me, my mouth's drying up. And, you know, and just killed, just wiped out half of the remaining Asgardian uh, race, which is bonkers. You know, like, that's just like really being a vindictive asshole when you think about it for a second, because, like, so many people died in the attack uh, 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 of Asgard by by Hela and Thor Ragnarok. So it's like, I think Hela did your job for you, buddy. Like, why you gotta wipe out even more of, of this already probably, like, half-wiped-out people? Um, like, you're just being a real dick. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and it, But it's really distressing. Um, and then, and then, you know, and then to Earth we go and, uh, you know, start, and we start having, you know, uh, the Avenger, well, not even the Avengers, it's just pretty much just Tony, but, you know, we get a reunion, a reunion with Tony and, um, and Bruce Banner, which is really trippy, because they haven't been on screen together in, um, well, since Age of Ultron, so that's like, like four years or something like that, um, uh, in real life, uh, in in the movie timeline, I think they haven't. I think it's been like two years. It's either, it's two years or it's four years uh, since the events of Age of Ultron. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's two years. Uh, if you know, help me out here because the timeline with with the the MCU is um, is interesting. Um, but anyway, so you know, and and like I said, this movie just just goes, you know, so there's like a little bit where, you know, like I said, the exposition scenes, you know, um, aren't really for the audience, they're more for the characters to explain to other characters, and the, this first, and the first scene like that, um, is where Tony meets Doctor Strange, and, you know, he explains to Tony, you know, all about the Infinity Stones and such, um, so, uh, so, I mean, like, if you've seen the movie, then you kind of get the gist of what I'm talking about. Like, Tony doesn't know this information. We know this information. So this information that that Doctor Strange is is telling Tony isn't for us. It's not, you know, him winking at the camera like, I bet you didn't know this. He, he, he. It's Tony doesn't know this stuff. So it's just boom. You know, like, no frills, no fuss, no muss, no fat on the bone. Um, it's just like, it just goes it doesn't slow the movie down doesn't stop it at all and it definitely doesn't slow it down it, even if it did slow it down it wouldn't matter much because right after this happens this conversation between them um earth gets attacked and from that moment on this movie just even when it slows down a little bit for you know for the characters to do something for them to regroup or plan or you know another one of these like exposition scenes where someone's got to explain stuff to someone else um uh it just it doesn't matter because there's just so much going on that uh, it and it's just so fast paced. I mean the the editing on this movie is fantastic because um, you know we go we we go with this we just boom big battle happening um, uh, at the top uh, of the film uh, and which is really cool getting to see Doctor Strange. Um, Iron Man and Spider-Man all fighting together. That's really cool. Uh, and then, um, and then you know, all this stuff, blah, 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 boom, explosions. We got. And then we, you know, and then after that, uh, you know, we head off into space and hook up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and they get, they find Thor. Um, and, uh, and then, and <laughs> there's just some really funny interaction <laughs> between, between Star-Lord and the Thor, uh, Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Pratt is really funny, um, in this, in this particular sequence, in this particular scene, uh, you know, uh, and, well, of course, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy are freaking hilarious. I love those guys. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're just such goofballs, you know, um, Especially Drax, like he's he's such a silly, such a silly guy, you know. Like, like Chris Pratt calls Thor a dude, 
And Drax is just like, this is not a dude. This is like a pirate mixed with an angel. <laughs> this is, you know, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Just super funny. And then Chris Pratt, like, mock, you know, has a mock, like, accent going on. and just, It's just so funny. <laughs> Oh, I just love this movie so much, but yeah, it's 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 bonkers, you know how how it how it keeps going, you know, and just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes, and it just doesn't let up. It's relentless, the pacing of the film, um, especially once um, Captain America's team uh, comes into into play, because uh, now we're dealing with three separate storylines. And it and for a minute there it even becomes four separate storylines because Thor and Rocket and Groot they go off to do something you know they go off to do to to go and get uh, Thor a new weapon um, and uh, you know the remaining Guardians they go to uh, they shoot off to um, uh, to go to the to to nowhere to uh, hook up with the Collector again um, Benicio del Toro's character. Uh, and uh, well, that doesn't—it obviously doesn't go very well. Um, and um, there's this—and it's—it's just super intense. All this stuff that's going on, like, uh, like it's the like the the best part about this movie, though, it's not draining. Like, it's not—it doesn't exhaust you. You know, like um, it actually really revs you up. I mean, at least for me, like I because I went and saw this movie. Uh, I caught the early show at. Uh, 10 in the morning because again I like it when there's as few amount of people as possible so I like to go see my movies in, in the day and also because um, you know then I have all day to think about the stuff uh, and especially like a movie like this I like I'm so glad that I have this system where I go see movies in, in the morning instead of at night because if I saw this movie if I caught like the late show of this movie I would I would straight up be up all night I mean, like, I would not be able to sleep, you know what I mean, like that, because this movie just had a really, you know, really uh, immense and intense impact on me and, you know, instilled a reaction of just, like, I'm wide awake forever, like, I'm woke as fuck, you know, because um, it's just, it's so intense, and it's, it's but it's not draining, it, it's not emotionally draining, it's not physically draining, it's not exhausting, um, you know, it just, it, it fires me up because, because of all these, because all these events, you know, all these characters that I love so much that I've fallen in love with over these, you know, 10 years that these movies have been being made. Um, you know, I just love them all so much. Uh, and, um, and, you know, to see these things happen to them, that is so tragic. Uh, it, it, it gets to me and, you know, instead of me, I mean, you know, and I get angry, and I get, you know, I'm, I get fired up, and I'm like, Thanos, you motherfucker! Like, oh, you know, I just get so, uh, about it, because, uh, well, you know, I've discussed this before, like, I get really into my movies and, and, you know, my content, so, you know, when I've spent 10 years, you know, getting to know and, and, and these characters and love them so much, like I do when stuff happens to them and, you know, they're going up against Thanos, who it's like, you know, like, up until this point in the MCU, like, a character could die, but, you know, probably gonna come back at some point, you know? Um, big example of this, alright, is right after, you know, Guardians go to nowhere, Thanos, you know, grabs Gamora and boom, they go looking for the Soul Stone, and who the fuck shows up but goddamn Red Skull from First Avenger. I mean, like, what? You know, just like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, it's crazy, because um, Hugo Weaving, who played who plays Red Skull, um, he had a contract, like a three-movie contract or whatever for Marvel, right? But he hated all the prosthetic makeup and stuff so much that he was just like, guys, I don't know if I can do this. Um, you know, can I just, is it cool if we just go our separate ways? Because I don't want to do another full movie with all this crap going on, 
you know, um, which is understandable. I mean, like, especially 2009, I mean, like, art, like prosthetics, some types of prosthetics still are, you know, uh, at least back in 2009-ish, um, you know, um, still kind of, you know, like, I mean, even jumping back to Lord of the Rings, you know, John Rhys-Davies, who plays Gimli, he actually, he's, he's one of these people that's, like, allergic to the material they use to make prosthetics, and he had to wear that stuff every damn day. So, you know, three hours or whatever in the chair, putting all the prosthetics on, and then, you know, an hour and a half or whatever, taking them off, and, you know, his skin is just ripped, you know, it's just, like, flaking off, you know, of his, like, it's, you know, it looks like his face is melting, because, you know, his skin is just from, you know, these prosthetics and stuff, and so it's understandable, you know, when an actor complains about prosthetics, because, you know, sometimes, but whatever, you know, um, and it, but it's crazy, you know, to see a character like that, that you haven't seen in almost 10 years, show up again, just like, poof, hey, what's up, here I am, <laughs> Uh, but it but it was really fantastic because now we finally get to know where the fuck Red Skull went after you know he you know kapooshed, um at the end of the first Avenger so so that was that was that was a, a, a real treat um, and then you know you know moving on and then you know uh, the one half of the Guardians hooks up with um, Doc Strange and um, and Spider-Man and Iron Man, and that's a real interesting dynamic that they played around with. Uh, and then you know you have Cap and his team, and uh, and um, Hulk, well, well, Bruce Banner, and um, and they hook up with Black Panther and his crew in Wakanda. <clears throat> and then you got you know uh, you got Thor and Rocket and Groot out you know at the this. The, this forge that runs off of a, of a star um, and so now we're dealing with three different storylines going on and it's just like jumping back and forth jumping back and forth but like in such a great way like again the editing style of this movie is fantastic um, it's just it's just unbelievable and then to you know see see Star Lord because I've always because the from the first moment I saw Star Lords in action I was like, whoa, he's got some Iron Man kind of tech going on, you know? I mean, because he's got, he's got his rocket boots and he's got his mask thing, um, you know, that folds up over his face and now, you know, because, I mean, every every iteration that Robert Downey Jr.'s in is like he's make, he's always making upgrades to his to the Iron Man suit and so he's gotten to the point in this, mo- in this movie where it's nanoparticles, and it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, that's crazy. It's awesome, but it's like, what? <laughs> but it makes for some really interesting moments during during the combat, especially when they start fighting against Thanos. Because it's just, it's like, because Thanos is just so powerful at this point um, when they start to fight him. And there's a meme that's been going around that, you know, has got a picture of, of Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, right, and it says, you know, the guy, the, the one who ruined everything, um, and fair point, you know, uh, he did kind of ruin everything, but he also might not have, right, because if you remember Doctor Strange, he used the time, the time stone to, to go and, um, check out alter, the alternate futures and such, right, what did he see the one time that they did win? Out of the 14 million futures that he, he saw, what exactly did he see in that one future where they prevailed? I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, even though, like, because the way this movie ends is, all, like, again, like, that's what I was saying is, like, from that very first scene, it's like, it just instills you with this sense of this dread, this... This, this sense of impending doom, like, oh, maybe the Avengers aren't going to pull this one out, you know? Um, and and they don't. You know, they lose. Uh, and half of the universe, half of the people in the universe are gone. 
Um, which, you know, begs the question of what's going to happen in Avengers 4. Um, and, uh, and so, I think, you know, my predictions, because here's the thing, if, if we are in the one future that Doctor Strange saw where the Avengers win and, and prevail and triumph over Thanos, um, then everything that happened had to happen that way, right? So Avengers 4, it's, I think it's going to go one of two ways. Either we are in the future that Doctor Strange saw, um, and they're going to beat Thanos... They're gonna, you know, they're gonna track him down. They're gonna beat him, and they're gonna reverse the effects of what he has done, and and get all the people back, you know, which I would really like because Tom Holland. I mean, and by the way, it's it's really trippy to think about this because some of these movies have like some of, some of these characters that die off in in this movie have already like they've already announced other movies that they're gonna be in. So it, it, it is kind of trippy to think, you know, um, like what's going to happen in Avengers 4. So yeah, they're either going to get, they're going to get Thanos, they're going to reverse the effects, they're going to bring all the people back, and then boom, that's how that's going to go. Or it might just be like Tony Stark said in the first Avengers film. Yeah, we couldn't save, we couldn't save the Earth, but you'll be damn sure that we're going to avenge it. And... Avengers 4 might just straight up be vengeance. It might just be revenge. It might just be them, you know, tracking Thanos down and just beating the living shit out of him until they beat him to death with their bare hands. Um, which would also be satisfying, but, um, but would be still kind of a bummer. And also, again, like just really confusing because, like I said, some of these, some of the characters that have died off have in the pipeline another movie that, you know, is in development or whatever. And, you know, it's like, huh, how's this going to work out? You know? Um, so that's going to be really interesting to, uh, to see what's going on. Um, final thoughts is just like, my hat's off to Kevin Feige, um, who runs Marvel Studios now. Uh, which is so funny because, you know, you think this, I mean, this guy is literally a titan of industry at this point, And he started out as a production assistant on the first X-Men movie, you know? <laughs> I mean, just think about how crazy that is for for a second. You know, this in, for, in 20 years, this guy has gone from a production as, assistant to, to the head of a major corporation building a, a universe of such epic size and scale that it is literally unprecedented in the history of film or any other medium of entertainment, you know? Uh, so, hey, don't ever give up on your dreams. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, if this guy can go from production assistant to what he's doing now, you know, hey, it could happen for you too. Um, so don't give up on your dreams. Um, <laughs> uh like so yeah just hats off to Kevin Feige to all the cast and the crew of these amazing movies um you know and and I'm just really happy uh and thankful that they that they've done this cuz cuz it is something that's never been done before and I I don't think that it'll be even close to being able like someone even get close to being able to replicate um this grand adventure and uh i read a little some little piece of trivia or something like that that uh they they're planning f um another they're planning 20 more films something like 20 more films um and then you know to to tell this just grand epic story um so yeah let's do that let's do another 20 films you know let's make it 22 lock it off at an even 40 movies <laughs> I'm so selfish but I just want more uh, but they're going to give us more so uh, that's awesome um, I can't wait to see uh, how this all plays out um, 
it's going to be really interesting too to see Ant-Man and the Wasp because uh, it's like where does that take place in the timeline you know does it happen during the events of uh, Infinity War um, does it happen after because from what I understand uh, Paul Rudd and um, Evangeline Lilly who plays the Wasp character were seen on set while they were filming Avengers um, and were making it concurrently with Ant-Man and the Wasp so and they are credited to star in Avengers 4 so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the dealio is with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp in the timeline um, so I'm intrigued and then I can't obviously I can't wait for Avengers 4 uh, thanks so much uh, for listening to me rant for 40 minutes plus about these two movies um you know uh i just really i really felt like you know like there's just there's just so much to say about about the mcu and about this movie infinity war in particular that um it's just like i had to just keep on talking and talking and talking and i could probably keep going but uh i'm gonna start wrapping it up here because i don't want you guys to get too sick of me i know you're probably sick of me already but uh <laughs> i want to try and keep the sick sickness level uh to a minimum <laughs> uh so that's our show for tonight um thank you so much for listening uh please uh tune into our morning show with heath and our other social media content at Mugami players on twitter tumblr facebook and youtube um, Sunday night, uh, we're going to be doing, or not, maybe not night, but Sunday, uh, me and Heath are actually going to hook up and do, um, a podcast together. Um, it's going to be a pretty special episode. It's going to be the longest episode, uh, of either one of our podcasts to date. Um, and, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, to do, but it's probably going to be pretty fun to listen to as well. So, uh, Sunday night, make sure you, uh, tune in and check that out, um, until then, uh, uh, well, I'll see you on Friday uh, talking about some stuff. Uh, thank you again for uh, stopping by for a nightcap. Good night.